Episode 11, Vikings of the Pandemic, Anna's Story, The Work Family Saga. Hundreds of years ago, the people of Norway built amazing ships and sailed up and down the coasts of Scandinavia and Western and Central Europe. They were known as Vikings. The rivers and inland seas and the oceans were their waterways. The Norse lived in coastal towns surrounded by mountains and deep forests. There was very little farmland and food became a scarce commodity. So the Norse began looking for farmland for their growing population. They discovered a group of islands directly west and only one week sail away. The land was not as mountainous as their homeland. The climate was favorable for growing food and raising livestock, and the inhabitants were easily removed. Soon, Norse sailors and farmers, settlers, set, settled these islands, and they became known as the Orkney Islands. The first king of Norway to unify that country, Harald Fairhair, knew that renegades and pirates hid out in the inlets and coves of Orkney. These pirates were taking wealth and bounty at his expense. He created the Earl of Orkney position, who would swear loyalty to the king and rid him of these brigands. In return, the Earl would be granted the lands and income of Orkney. The Earl established his headquarters on the largest island called Mainland and built fortifications to defend his earldom against enemies. The fortress keeper was the person responsible for building and maintaining these fortifications. A clan that lived on Chapinsay Island, located in a large bay off Mainland, was given the position of fortress keeper. This was the work clan. The head of the work clan had many sons and daughters. One younger son, named Roggenwald, was an excellent sailor who knew the North Sea very well. He had sailed many times as far west as Iceland, stopping at Norse settlements on the way, including the Faroe Islands, the Hebrides, and Ireland. An Icelander, Eric the Red, had recently settled on the southern tip of Greenland, west of Iceland, and his son, Leif Erikson, had gone even further to the western lands, which he called Venland. Leif and his brothers wanted to establish a settlement there where wood, game, and land were plentiful, and the weather was fair. Roggenwald, with the blessing of the Earl of Orkney, and the use of his great ship sailed to Vinland to explore this land. When Roggenwald and his men reached Vinland, they stayed in Leif's crude turf homes built on the northern peninsula and of what is now known as Newfoundland. In Vinland, sickness and injury overtook Roggenwald's crew. A medicine woman from the local inhabitants, perhaps a member of the Beotup tribe, nursed these men back to her health using plants that she collected from the coast. Roggenwald was very curious about these plants as his mother was a healer 
and familiar with traditional medicines. The medicine woman gave Roggenwald some of the plants she used. After his return to Orkney, he showed them to his mother. They were both convinced that these plants were the reason for his successful journey. He placed them in a leather pouch that he carried with him every time he left his home. 150 years later, another son of the work clan leader, whose name was Havard, was, at a very young age, an accomplished sailor. When the Earl of Orkney decided to take a group of Orkney men and Norwegians on a crusade to the Holy Land, Havard went with the Earl as a helmsman. As Havard prepared for his trip to the Holy Land, his mother, who was a healer, brought out the leather pouch containing the magical plants and urged her son to take the amulet with him to ensure his safe return. Havard reached the Holy Land with the Earl fighting battles and overcoming many hardships on the way. Plague was rampant in the port city of Accra and several coup members became very ill. They were transported to the hospitallers of St. John and Havard stayed by their side during their illness. He himself never developed a fever. As he prayed over them, he touched their feverish bodies with his amulet, and miraculously they recovered. A priest took notice and offered to craft something permanent to hold the magical plants. Around 1150, the locket that we have now before us today, shaped like a Viking ship, was forged in the Holy Land. On it was etched the image of a Viking ship, and a crusader cross. It was attached to a chain that Havard wore around his neck. At this point, Anna opened the white box and took out the locket amulet. It glowed softly in the firelight. She held it in her hands for a few moments, then asked for her family to pass it around. When it returned to her, she continued with her family saga. Howard returned from the Holy Land and carried on as a successful trader and merchant, going to many lands, including Greenland. He had a son, Magnus, who, as a young boy, sailed with his father. Magnus acquired a reputation for his sailing ability and his knowledge of the many islands and lands in the North Sea. Magnus, like his father, wore the amulet on his sea voyages. In Orkney, the early Christian church was growing quickly. The Earl of Orkney fulfilled his promise to the Pope to build a magnificent cathedral in Kirkwall. Orkney was granted a bishopric, and the Bishop of Orkney became a powerful person on the island. The church was growing quickly on the islands of the North's archipelago, and was some, some said, even more powerful than the King of Norway. Iceland and Greenland were also granted bishoprics. The Bishop of Greenland was building a cathedral in Garter and sailed to Rome to get the Pope's blessing. 
The Bishop of Orkney wished to send a delegation to Garter for the cathedral dedication, and he chose Magnus as a helmsman for this trip. Magnus was eager to spend more time in Greenland. He wanted to journey to the north, where the Greenlanders hunted for furs and ivory. The Greenlanders had noticed that a new people were habituating the north. They dressed in furs and sailed in skin boats. These new people, which they called Skraelings, were shy of the Greenlanders and were only seen at a distance. What Magnus and his fellow Greenlanders did not know was that a scourge, a plague, was overtaking the Skraelings, and many were dying. When Magnus sailed north, one of the Greenlanders, who had been lost on an earlier hunting trip, paddled out to their ship in one of the Skraeling skin boats and told them of this illness. He also told them that a medicine woman was healing many of them, using plants and other medicines she collected from the land and the sea. Magnus was very curious about this. He set up a camp near Bear Island, where the Greenlanders were hunting, to make contact with the Skraelings and to find out about their medicinal plants. He observed the medicine woman collecting a worm-like marine animal from the shoreline and asked her if he could take a look. After she gave him a portion of what we now know as the Arctic slug, he opened the locket and placed it on the top of the plants that had been collected 200 years before by Rothenwald. Magnus returned to Orkney with the locket. It was never opened again after this and continued to be passed on from one generation to the next of healers in the work clan. Orkney, in the meantime, was passed from Norway to Scotland as a dowry for the King of Denmark's daughter, Margaret, who married James III, King of Scotland. The Viking Age had come to a close. The work clan remained in Orkney until the 1600s and 1700s. Many works were avid reformers and became covenanters after the Protestant Reformation. The covenanters had no love of the king. One branch of the clan lost their lands on Chapinsay as a result of religious and civil conflicts. They and many other covenanters emigrated to Northern Ireland in the late 1600s and then to America in the early 1700s, seeking land and opportunity as well as religious freedom. Other works of Orkney sought employment with the Hudson Bay Company, who sailed out of the port of Stromness. In the 1700s and 1800s, many works emigrated to British North America, now Canada, working as boatsmen, trappers, and farmers for the company. Works still live in Orkney, but now they are spread all over the world. Anna looked fondly at the locket that was resting in her hands. She had just covered over 1,000 years of work history. She looked around at her children, her husband, and her mother. So here we are in Newfoundland, back to the where the journey of the amulet began. 
Our ancestor, Rogenwald, knew that there was something special about the plants he was given in Vinland. He used these plants as protection against disease and for good luck for his long journeys. Later, a member of his family brought these plants to the Holy Land, where they continued to work their magic, and this locket was forged. Another family member continued his quest for healing plants in northern Greenland and added the Arctic slope to the collection in the early 1200s. We have now proven the healing qualities of the plants of the northern peninsula of Newfoundland and of the Arctic slug of Greenland in our laboratories using advanced scientific techniques. We are all here as a family to witness these new discoveries, which were in fact very old, as old as the work name itself. Our ancestors reached out and made contact with the native people of this beautiful land who were generous enough to share their traditional medicines. Now the world scientists are reaching out to the Inuit of Northern Canada, asking them, in fact, imploring them to share their knowledge of the healing power of their natural environment. Our family has come full circle and so has Western science. And I am proud to have been part of this story. The End The Mother of Pathogens The mother of pathogens dwelled quietly in the sediment below the ice, moving from one microorganism to another for sustenance. She took care to avoid her enemy, the ungainly slug and its strong poison. She hung out a sign, do not disturb. When the temperature rose, she rose with it, nourished by new and better organisms. Sometimes she broke free of the sea's icy grip, pursuing even bigger prey seals, birds, mollusks, before the crushing ice pushed her back down to the seafloor. But she had not forgotten. She sent out her most gifted offspring to search for the cells she knew were out there, the cells that she craved. Her offspring sent back a message. Come on up. The hunting is great. Her enemy, the slug, followed in her path, warning others of the danger.